Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Eyes on the Mize. Today is June 8th. My name is John. I'm joined by Ian. What's going on, John? Not much, because uh, today uh, there, there's a storm brewing. Because this is episode 15, and we're going to talk about all of all about my favorite modern deck, Blue Red Storm. But first, let's turn our eyes to the community real quick, because Ian, something big comes out on Friday. What is that? It would be Eternal Masters. I don't know if you've heard of this set yet. Hmm, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Eternal <laughs> no, Masters okay. drops on Friday. Uh, my local game store is doing a midnight draft on Thursday at midnight. Oh, man. I forgot to inquire about this, so I don't even know if I'm going to be getting a paper draft in of this or not. Blomp, blomp. Well, I know. So, I, do have, I do have a box reserve, though, and it's being shipped. So That is going to be very, very sweet. Uh, I also did an audio recording of my own personal reviews of all the cards in Eternal Masters. Um, I apologize if your fee is getting clawed because about 10 p.m. before this episode goes up, uh, you're going to be getting all seven episodes of it. They're only like 20 to 30 minutes long. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> so there's an episode for the lands, the white, blue, black, red, green, and then multicolor and artifact are put together. So. My God. Uh, instead of doing one big file like you would see limited resources do, I just decided to do a bunch of small files. I don't know which one is better. You guys can tell me. Kind of like how LSV does his little reviews and stuff like that. He'll yeah. chunk them up. Exactly. Yeah, Anyways. Also, uh, the Legacy Gauntlet just launched on Magic Online, which is going to be very exciting for those of us who play Magic Online. Yep, I'm definitely going to be streaming it this Friday. So, what time? What time is it going up? Like Thursday? It's already up now. Well, no, I meant like you, the the, the podcast. Oh, so it'll, podcast, be able to... it'll, it'll be up by the time you guys listen to this. Okay, cool. Definitely. No, no, I'm saying. Oh yeah, so they'll be yeah. So I'll be streaming on Friday. I don't know. Probably like 9 a.m. Maybe oh, 10 a.m. No, oh, no. I have an I have an off day. Nice from work. It's a uh, it's like the observance of the military uh, the army's birthday. Mm, like nice. 200, 231, I think it is. That makes um, sense. Yeah, so it's the military army's birthday. Not military. It's the army's birthday. Uh, and we get a day off or a Donza D O N S A day of no scheduled activities. Mm. Because, you know, we got to acronym the crap out of that one, too. We can't just say, it's an off day. Um, uh, I'm, but sure, no, I'll I'm be, sure the Army loves their acronyms. Yeah, they do. I'll be getting up early, though, uh, streaming a bunch of Magic. I'll probably do a Legacy Gauntlet. I'm going to stream a bunch of Modern. Oh, yes. And Faster Than Light and maybe some Overwatch. But Excellent, excellent. So, Whatever. speaking of Modern, we're, gonna, we're, here, we're here to talk about my first Modern deck and my favorite Modern deck, which sounds is... Like it sounds like me with Infect. It, it does. <laughs> Ironic how that worked out. Uh, we're going to talk about Storm. So real quick, Storm is a mechanic that uh, debuted in Scourge, which was the set right before Modern became a right before the Modern deadline, basically. So every set after Scourge is basically in Modern, and it returned once in Time Spiral Block, which is where all the Modern Storm cards come from. And Storm is a mechanic that goes on instant sorceries, and when you cast a spell with Storm. You copy it for each spell cast before it. So, Storm is what they call, um, I think the technical term is broken, um, because, well, let's put it this way. It is entire archetypes, and it's an entire archetype in Modern, and several cards have been banned in Modern because of Storm. It's also one of the best archetypes in Legacy and Vintage. Yeah, so, I mean, it, how broken it is, is <laughs> Mark Rosewater actually, like, listed... What archetypes and what mechanics might we see come back in future things and they lumbered them like based on like, you know, most likely to come back in a future set or we're not reprinting this thing ever again. Nice try, 
the world would have to be on fire for this to come out. And they named it the Storm Scale. Yeah. Storm is a 10. Storm is the mechanic with which they defined the entire thing. As a comparison, Infect just got upgraded to, I think, an 8. Yeah, um, I don't – I don't. the only time I'll ever expect to see Infect come back is if they reprint, like, Ink Moth Nexus or maybe a Bladed Agent in some yeah. ancillary product. Well, the big thing I about want, the Storm Scale is the Storm I Scale is – I want Bladed Agent foils cheaper than 35 bucks. I know you do, Ian. Now, the big thing about the Storm Scale is that it is for standard legal sets. So supplementary sets like Eternal Masters, like Modern Masters, like Conspiracy, they don't follow those same rules. Yeah. Storm scale is only for a standard legal set. Correct, so, which is yeah, which is why I said ancillary products for those yeah, kind of yeah. things. That's the only time I'll ever expect to see Infect reprinted. Exactly. And even then it wreaks havoc on those kind of uh, limited formats too, which they design a lot of those things around. So it's like, yeah, yeah good luck with that. Yeah. So um, Storm is good because – um, there are spells that create what we call fast mana or temporary mana, like rituals, and I'll get into what that kind of means a little bit later. So the goal of the Storm deck in Modern is to cast 20 spells in a turn and then kill you with a win condition of some kind, which I'll talk about a little bit later. The big difference between Modern Storm and Legacy Storm is the card Tendrils of Agony. Uh, Tendrils of Agony is 2 BB, so 4 mana for a sorcery. The target player loses 2 life and you gain 2 life, and it has Storm. Now, that is the kill condition for the Storm decks in Legacy and Vintage. And they do that because they have access to the card Dark Ritual, which is a single that? black mana to make three black mana. It's where we get the nickname for any of these cards where you pay a small amount of mana to get more mana. It gets the name Ritualing or exactly. like Ritual. Also, uh, what Legacy and Vintage Storm get, decks get that Modern doesn't is they get uh, Lion's Eye Diamond, which is the, quote, fixed Black Lotus, which it's not. Um, they also get a lot better cantrips. Some of the ones that have been banned in modern include preordain and ponder, and then and they it, get free cantrips technically, quote unquote. Exactly, and the deck just gush. needs to cast fewer spells. Yeah, gush. And then they, there's also the um, there's also in legacy there's infernal tutor, which is one of the black for a search. You reveal your hand and then search your library for a card that's in your hand. But if you have no hand, you just grab any card, and that comes with Lion's Eye Diamond, and there's a whole thing. Just look at some Legacy Storm deck text, and you'll see how it's just a convoluted mess. So, so essentially what that is is you, ca you cast that Infernal Tutor. While it's on the stack, you crack your Lion's Eye Diamond, which means you sacrifice it to get three, and you discard your hand. Which is part of the cost of Lion's Eye Diamond. Correct. So while you're holding priority on that, on your Infernal Tutor, you discard your hand. So by the time it resolves it sees that you have no hand yeah. while you have three mana floating. So then you just go through your deck, get any card you want, and then just start going off. Ideally, the kill condition or whatever it is you need. Dark Petition has been a card that has really supercharged the Storm decks and Legacy and Vintage. It's not really a good fit in Modern Storm because it costs a little bit too much mana, and I don't run black. There's, well, yeah. there's not really a version of Modern Storm that does run black for any of these reasons. Yeah, and because of that, you, know, you, you get that whole nice... Three free mana, which helps you along. Exactly. Now, uh, again, Storm has heavily impacted the modern ban list, primarily with Preordain and Ponder, which are two of the one-mana cantrips. Preordain being Scry 2, then draw a card, and Ponder being you look at the top three, put them back in any order, then you may shuffle your library, then draw a card. So you can set up your draws really well with pre with Ponder and Preordain. Uh, other cards that got banned are two of the probably better rituals in Rite of Flame, which is pretty innocuous, it's one red to make two red, 
but for every Rite of Flame in your graveyard, you make an additional red mana when it resolves, which is pretty good. And then Seething Song, which is two and a red, instant, make five red mana. They just kind of supercharge the Storm deck so that it's able to go off a lot faster than it normally would in the current modern metagame. Yeah, you can go from two mana to five mana stupid quick. Yeah. Just it's chaining, uh, what's the one that you guys currently use? Pyretic, Pyretic Ritual. Ritual. Yeah, Ritual. Pyretic yeah. Ritual, which is one in a red to get three mana, three red mana, which then you pump into Seething Songs, two in a red to get five mana out of. Yeah, and that's silly. Uh, anyways. And, that also does, and it also doesn't take into account, so I mean, Spirit Guides, you can get all that for free. Yeah, you could. Uh, I don't know any Storm decks that currently run Simeon Spirit Guide. Um, but it is an option if you want to have a little bit of a faster clock than you might need that you might worry about in certain metagames. Eh, no ban modern. <laughs> no banless modern. That's that's fair. Oh oh, thank you, Cam Lau- Cameron Louder from uh, Loading Ready Run for proving that once again Storm is always broken in no banless modern. Oh man, that was a great match to watch. In that the, was uh, amazing. Uh, Community Super League last week. Yes. So real quick, let's go ahead and talk about the mana base because whenever you talk about modern, you do need to talk about what is your mana going to look like for this, uh, for what you're going to do because fetch lands, shock lands, those all kind of impact the price range of the deck. And a majority of the price of this deck is in its lands. Yes. You said it's you're basically not running blacks. You're running blue-red. Yes. It's blue-red with, I have a few changes in my own personal list, but for the most part, you're blue-red. Um, your mana base is going to look like this. You're going to run four Scalding Tarns because you're blue-red. That helps you find your mountains, your islands, because you run a few basics, as well as your steam vents very easily. You also want to run three of any other blue fetches. So three Misties, or Misty Rainforest, three Polluted Deltas, or fle- three Flooded Strands, depending on what you've got available. Uh, personally, when I first built the deck, I had mis- Misty Rainforests. I've since switched over to Polluted Deltas. And you can just run whatever the hell you want. One, one, one. Yeah, run one of each. You could run one of each if that's something that you uh, if you want to run this. Um, the big reason is because you want your blue mana because red mana is very easy to come by in the deck, and we'll see why a little bit later. But you really want to be able to get to your blue mana. Then you run three steam vents, three basic islands, and one mountain so that your fetches have something to grab. You really only need that one basic mountain anyways because, again, uh, there's a few sideboard cards, and also we all, we're almost always going to have red mana available to us. Uh, as we're going off and trying to combo kill our opponent. Uh, the other two lands in the deck are two Shivan Reefs, which are the Blue-Red Pain Land, which th- those of us who've been playing Standard are very familiar with the Pain Lands. Now, you'll notice that that's only 16 lands. This deck does not run a lot of lands. Yeah, I, was, is... like, almost, I was like, did, did John forget the uh, Sulphur Falls here, or what's no. going on? Nope. This deck, this deck can run Sulphur Falls. It's not great, though, because it doesn't enter pl- untapped on turn one. Yeah, that's you really the, that's, need an untapped land on turn one. And that's, a, that's the dual land that uh, checks to see if you have an island or a mountain in play. Yes. Uh, also, it is sometimes correct to keep zero land hands. You're a crazy person. I am. It is often correct to keep a one land hand. Two lands, you're good. Three lands, you're pushing it. Four lands, you mulligan. That's basically what you have to do with the deck. Because, again, you're, you're going to have more mana than you want when you're going off, but you do need some. you need some lands to start off with. Now... Let's go ahead and jump straight to what the win condition is. So for Legacy and Vintage, I already mentioned that we have Tendrils of Agony. Two black, black. Target player loses two life, you gain two life. The win condition in Modern Storm is Grape Shot. First printed in Time Spiral, reprinted in the first Modern Masters. It's a one and a red at common for a sorcery. Grape Shot deals one damage to target creature or player with Storm. So it seems very innocuous, but the fact that it can hit players means that this is a legitimate kill card. It's, it's, it's the reason why certain uh 
charge. Also, I know in Popper, yeah. Storm was an absolute bonkers deck, and they had to actually ban some of the rituals out yeah. because Most of Shot existing. Most of the cards in this deck are commons. Yeah. So let's just leave it at that. Grapeshot is the kill card. I only run two in my main deck. You could get away with one, but this is your main kill card, and this is the card that your opponents are going to sideboard in against the most. And we'll get to the sideboard plans a little bit later. Also, again, this this will mostly target players. If you are in a really bad bind, it is possible and sometimes likely that you're going to need to fire off a defensive grape shot to deal with a few small creatures. Uh, for example, one uh, at GP Vegas, I played against Soul Sisters, and I had to cast a grape shot for like nine because I had to kill my opponent's Brimaz, uh, uh, I think it was Soul Sister or Soul Warden and a token. I've had I've had a storm decks fire off a grape shot that was like storm count like nine or ten or whatever like that and only hit me for seven just because we're like and we're gonna pick off your elf your agent and your hierarch yeah now it's not a great play to have but it's definitely one of the one of the things that you're gonna want to do in some cases well let them stall let them stall out to at least be able to like recharge for the next turn yeah so next we have our cantrips, and I just realized that I left one off of our show notes, but it's one that's pretty obvious after you think about it, Gataxian Probe. Huh. You yeah. did forget that. I did forget the, Gataxian Probe. The free cantrip, basically. We already talked about it in the Infect Primer, but real quick, it's a single blue Phyrexian mana, sorcery, look at target player's hand, draw a card, which means with the blue Phyrexian mana, you can either pay blue or pay two life. I think in this deck, I have only cast Gataxian Probe with actual mana once, or maybe less than ten times. That seems like a that seems like a card you're just like and it's a free storm count. Exactly. Also, as you're going off, sometimes this will do a little bit extra than that. Uh, it's also great because it doesn't look at target opponent's hand. So when your opponent puts a ley line of sanctity in play, you can target yourself. Uh, the next cantrips we have are the best cantrip in modern serum visions, which is an automatic four of in the deck. By the way, Gitaxian probe also a four of. Uh, Serum Vision, single blue sorcery, it's the reverse preordain. Instead of scrying two, then drawing a card, you draw a card, then scry two. It's amazing just how that flip of the wording makes a card go from absolutely busted to this is a good card. Next card is Thought Scour, which is a pretty standard card to see in certain modern lists if you're playing blue. It's a single blue for an instant at common from Dark Ascension. Target player puts the top two cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard, draw a card. Most of the time... AKA all the time you're targeting yourself. And you'll get and we'll get to why a little bit later when we get to some of the enablers. The last cantrip that you're gonna see in this deck usually is a four of. I have some variations in my own personal list which make it a two of, but it's sleight of hand. Single blue, sorcery, uh, look at the top two cards of your library, put one into your hand, the rest into your graveyard. Or no, the other on the bottom of your library, excuse me. Yeah, it's basically what you get. It's uh it's what's stapled on the Seagate Oracle. Yes. It's a very simple effect. Sleight of Hand is very good at finding specifically what you need, whereas Serum Visions and Thought Scour are just like, I just need cards. Yeah. Well, the funny thing with Thought Scour, too, is the only deck that I've ever seen really intentionally target your opponent, your opposing player with the, with the put two in the graveyard is in, in a mill deck. Yeah. Like, every other deck that plays it, so you're looking like Grixis lists and stuff like that, will put it in the graveyard to help delve for Anglers or Tassiger, yep. or in your case, dump them in for it. We'll talk about it in a little bit. Yep. Uh, another re- another utility for Thought Scour is if your opponent does Serum Vision, put two on top, you can definitely hose them with that. <laughs> it's always fun. It's like, uh, yeah. uh, nope. Yeah. Next, we get to the Rituals. We already mentioned Dark Ritual as one of the core cards in the Legacy Storm list because it's very efficient. 
Now, in modern, we don't get that type of efficiency. We have pyretic ritual, which is the bread and butter ritual. One to red, get three red mana at instant speed. It's a common from a few core sets ago. It does a good job. We're not going to get one red, get three red mana, because this temporary mana acceleration is now a red part of the color pie as opposed to a black one. But it's what it's just what you need. And obviously, four of. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. The next one, which has a little bit more depth to it, is Desperate Ritual, first printed in Champions of Kamigawa. It is one in the red for an instant arcane with add red, red, red to your mana pool. So functionally, it's pretty identical to Pyretic Ritual, but it has splice onto arcane for one in a red. So if you have four mana available, you can make six mana. If you have one of these in hand and, one of, and you're casting one of them from your hand or from your graveyard for maybe some reasons, who knows? So how many other arcane spells are in the deck, though? Just, just Desperate one, right? Ritual. Okay, so you it can, is only a desperate ritual shenanigan. Yeah, so you def you definitely need to hope you have a critical mass of them in your hand yeah. at any given point to start splicing onto. I have not spliced if, very often with desperate ritual, but it does it is a line that comes up occasionally. Could you imagine like I guess three in your hand be like cast one, splice two. That is definitely something that can happen. I think cast I've done the that, second one, splice the other one, and then I think cast I've done the that one. once. I know that I have spliced once a few times, like maybe fifteen, twenty times with the deck total. Um, because there's some really great shenanigans we'll get later on. Uh, now, the best card in the deck, arguably, is Manamorphose, which is first printed in Shadowmoor. It is one in a green-red hybrid mana, so it's either one in a red or one in a green. You can kind of guess what I'm going to be casting it with. It's an instant. It adds two mana of any combination of colors to your mana pool, then you draw a card. So it It's serves green, double. right? <laughs> it is, it is red-green. So, no, no, I meant like you're playing the green. I was joking. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm casting it for green, obviously. Um... So this is great because all our other rituals just make red mana. Manamorphos is what helps us get to our blue mana when we're trying to combo off. Yeah. Also, it cantrips, which is huge. This is arguably one of the best cards in the deck because it both makes mana and it cantrips. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's kind of like the similar effect we saw on an, that was actually later stapled onto a creature in terms of Burning Tree Emissary. Yeah, Burning Tree Emissary, just, it, instead of just it made a fixed mana, it made only red green, but the point yeah. stands that Manamorphos is just very, very powerful in this deck. You, you put two mana in, get two mana out of it. Yeah. Now, that that seems great and all, so those are all my spells, and we already went over the win condition. Uh, by the way, all those cards we just mentioned are four ofs. Yeah. And in your stock storm list, you're going to run four sleight of hands. Next, we get to the cards that help enable the combo. Because casting a bunch of rituals, casting a bunch of cantrips, it can get difficult. It's not impossible to storm off without any of these enablers that I'm about to mention. But it makes it a lot harder. Let's start with the most recently printed one in Goblin Electromancer. Blue-red for a creature goblin wizard at common from a Return to Ravnica. It's a 2-2. Instant sorcery spells you cast cost one less to cast. This card single-handedly... It, it's the only creature in the deck. It's the only creature this deck runs, period. It's, it's supercharged, the storm archetype. Exactly. Like All our rituals cost two mana. Now all our rituals turn into dark rituals with, with an Electromancer in play. It is absurd. It is probably, it's the best creature for this deck, period. So judge question. Yep. Splice onto Arcane, is it affected by Goblin Electromancer? No. If I, if I have a Desperate Ritual and I'm splicing onto it, it's going to cost two, it's going to cost one red red. Because it reduces the cost by one. Yep. Yeah. So Rich, Electromancer is great and all. Uh, the next card, by the way, Electromancer is a four of. The next card, which is also a four of, is all the way from Zendikar, Pyromancer Ascension. It's an enchantment for one and a red. And what it does is it says, whenever you cast an instant sorcery spell that has the same name as a card in your graveyard, you may put a quest counter on the Ascension. This is part of the cycle of quests from the original Zendikar block. 
This one cares about casting spells with the same name as those in your graveyard. Remember, all our spells are all four ofs. Odds are you're going to have at least one in your graveyard as you're going off with your Pyromancer Ascension in play. Then, whenever you have this is two, the card that this is the card that we. I was going to say this is the card when we're talking about Thought Scour. That's yeah. important. Thought Scour yourself to help fuel your Ascensions is is a, is a very easy play to see. Then, whenever you cast an instant sorcery spell, while the Ascension has two or more quest counters on it, you may copy that spell and choose new targets for it. So our our Pyretic Rituals go from one in the red make three mana to one in the red make six mana. Our Gitaxian Probes go from pay two life draw a card to pay two life draw two cards. This is what really powers out the deck. Now, Electromancer can do it as well. If you have the, them in combination, it is nearly impossible for you to lose without some strange instant speed interaction on your opponent's part. Yeah, it's... If you're able to just, you know, get your f cheaper spells and just keep turning through your deck, like, because you're playing a bunch of those cantrips. Yeah. It's, it's, I've watched this, I've, you know, we've all watched, a lot of us watch the Storm deck go off. And when they're doing it, they're just like, oh, turn, cast, next card, draw, two, card, ascension trigger. It's like, oh, wow, what? Yeah. Now, the, the last card in the deck that is kind of a must have is not a four of. It is usually about a three of in the main deck. And that is Passed in Flames. Four and a red for a sorcery from Innistrad. It's originally a mythic. Each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard gains flashback until end of turn. The flashback cost is equal to its mana cost. And Pass in Flames itself has flashback for four and a red. What does flashback say? Well, you can cast this spell from your graveyard by paying its flashback cost, then exile it. So what does Pass in Flames do for this storm deck? It lets me get a second chance at all of my spells. Yeah, so say, so say you're, you're chaining your rituals and stuff like that, and you get one or two cantrips off of it, like you metamorphose into a blue or something like that, hit your Serum Visions, get your Pass in Flames right off of that. You're just like, it's freaking Christmas. Yeah. It is the only card of the deck that costs more than two mana. It's the only one. So, But it's the, one, it's the one that if you cast, though, you're most likely just going to be like, and let's start chaining the win. Exactly. Now, those are all of the must-haves in your Storm deck. Without any, without these core cards of you know these four ofs and the three of of pass and flames, you don't have like the solid core of the deck. Now there are some cards that you can play instead of others. Um, the big one that is the biggest debate in amongst the storm players right now is the faithless looting versus desperate ravings uh, debate. Both of them were from it, both of them were from original Innistrad. Faithless Looting, as we may know, is one red for a sorcery, draw two cards, then discard two cards, with flashback for two and a red. Desperate Ravings is one and a red for an instant. It says draw two cards, then discard a card at random, with flashback for two and a blue. They both serve similar effects, and you're running four of either one. You're never going to run both of them at the same time. The debate between them basically boils down to do you want to be down a card or even at cards? Because the basically, it's if you cast Faithless Looting, you're spending a card to draw two, then discard two cards. At the end of the day, you're going to have three cards in your graveyard and two cards in your hand. So you're actually physically down a card. Desperate Ravings, however, is cast a card, draw two, pitch one card at random. You have two cards going into your graveyard, two of them in your hand. You're actually even on cards. Yeah, the, the card parity you get off of Ravings definitely seems to be something like, to me, I don't know, but if it feels like, Somebody who wants to lean on their Pyromaster Ascension might want to, you know, go go the Faithless Looting route because you're going to just get more in the yard, as it seems. The other advantage for faith, for Faithless Looting is that it flashbacks for red mana, whereas Desert Ravings flashbacks for blue mana. That's the other big difference. Now that said, Desert Ravings is usually better. 
and it's weird to think about why. But in a metagame where you have a lot of black-green X decks, you know, your Thoughtseize Inquisition decks, your Liliana decks, that are going to eat at your hand, you want to be able to get your card equity back. And Desert Ravings is much better there than Faithless Looting. However, like you said, with Faithless Looting, you get to choose what goes into your bin. <gasps> Excuse me. But a lot of the time, you'll notice that the cards you pitch at random for Faithless Looting are exactly the card you want to put into your bin. You mean Ravings? You're in Ravings, yeah, sorry. That's right. So that is kind of the biggest debate and the biggest difference that you'll see in certain Storm decks. I personally run Desperate Ravings uh, as opposed to Faithless Looting, but that's just me personally. Now, some other cards that you might see in Storm decks that might try to attack at different angles, you might sometimes see Young Pyromancer. Uh, he's being reprinted in Turtle Masters, first printed in, in the 2014 core set. He's one in a red for a 2-1 Human Shaman at Uncommon. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you get a 1-1 elemental. And there's a lot of those in the deck. Yeah, there's a lot of instant sorceries in the deck. Again, there are only 8 cards in the deck, Goblin Electromancer and Pyromancer Ascension, that are spells that are not instant and sorceries. So you're going to get a lot of tokens with the Young Pyromancer if you play it. It has an attack on a different angle than the, than the kind of Turbo Storm deck that I play, but it is an option that you can play. Um, another card that I've included in my list that I've, that I've been testing out and been pretty happy with is Anticipate. We first saw it in Dragons of Tarkir, one in the blue, look at the top three cards of your library, put one into your hand, put the rest in the bottom. It helps me dig a little bit further into my deck because there are some times where you'll slide of hand and you'll see two lands. And that's not what you want to see when you slide of hand. It's not good. But Anticipate, I think, is just a little bit better in, in a lot of circumstances that make it good in this deck in some cases, especially when you're going off and you're able to cast it for a single blue. Yeah, I know in, in Pauper and stuff like that, the deck that I run, Marasatron, has those Seagate Oracles, and it's become a thing where it's like, is this really the best card in this slot? Because, yeah, we want the 1-3 body for three minutes, two and a blue, but it has that look at the top two cards, pull in your hand, pull on the bottom, and it's like, I feel like a lot of times I either whiff or want both of those cards. Now, a lot of the times you just have to pick the better one, but that's just kind of a... Uh... Yeah, but it just seems like more and more like it's just not the, okay, this card is the one I want, this card I don't need at all, put it on the bottom. It's usually like, I don't need, need either of these, or I need both of these. Yeah. Now, the other card that you might see in some main decks, but is usually just played as a sideboard card, is the other Stormwind Condition in Modern, which is Empty the Warrens, which is four and a red for a sorcery. You make two 1-1 goblins, you put them onto the battlefield, and it has Storm itself. Uh, elect Empty the Warrant is a little better in some in some instances because it just puts bodies into play that you can then attack your opponent with and get repeated damage from. Uh, whereas Grape Shot is more of the just all-in on one hand and just try and kill you that way. Yeah, you better pray your opponent doesn't have Electricery or other things that deal one damage to all creatures. Or Pyroclasm. Pyroclasm is pretty bad too. Um, uh, what's it called as well? Uh, Anger of the Gods. Yeah, there's a lot of things that can hose you out of there. Uh, for example, I was playing in a PTQ back when they had the uh, the regular PTQs, and I was playing against uh, just a black-green rock deck, and I was in game three, and I went turn two, I cast uh, three rituals into an Empty the Warrens and had eight goblins in play. My opponent cast Golgari Charm, giving minus one, minus one to all creatures. Ooh, that's brutal. Yeah, I guess, uh, what's I it called? Game. Yeah. Zell's Persecution will also do it. That'll also do it. There's a lot of ways that'll hit you out of that. But again, Empty the Warrants is usually a sideboard card at best. Yeah. That's, and when, when would you bring that in, though? When would I bring that in? Well, let's go ahead and talk about the sideboard cards. Uh, Empty the Warrants is great because a lot of the sideboard hate you're going to get 
will hate on your graveyard because we mentioned a few cards that rely on graveyard synergies, Pass in Flames and Pyromancer's Ascension being the biggest ones. So the all spells in one turn grape shot you is going to be a little worse in those matchups. Uh, other cards that do this include Relic of Progenitus, Rest in Peace, Leyland of the Void, and so on. So in that case, you want to bring in your Empty the Warren so you can cast a bunch of spells in one turn and make a bunch of goblins to then kill your opponent with. Yeah. I know if I I know if I was playing Infect and I came against Storm, I'd just be basically be sideboarding in all my uh, uh, counter spells and whatever graveyard hate I was playing just to stop you getting that lovely little past and flames value. Yeah. Also Pyromaster Ascension because oof. Yeah. And Ugh. also that card will still function if you have no cards in your graveyard as long as it has two counters on it. Oh yeah, correct. But usually if you can shut it down early. Yeah. Uh, next is Echoing Truth, which is a very popular card in a lot of the Storm decks to help get rid of some of the troublesome enchantments, like Leyline of the Void, Rest in Peace, also cards like Leyline of Sanctity, which gives its controller Hexproof on turn zero. That's not fair when you're playing against a Grape Shot deck. Again, that's another reason why I would bring an Empty the Warrant in that matchup as well. Empty the Warrant is probably the card I side in the most in any deck, or against any matchup. Uh, also... Shatterstorm is another popular sideboard card because Affinity is a pretty... It's an even matchup, but being able to cast like a turn 2 Shatterstorm, which you can do, it's not advised, but you can do it, is one of the kind of better ways of getting a, getting a leg up against Affinity. I mean, you're playing Modern. You can't not pack an uh, Artifact or Affinity uh, sideboard plan. Yeah. Like, if Null Rod was legal, I'd play it. Anyways... Uh, another card that's in the sideboard is the regular old hate card, a card that I have sworn never to lose to in modern, Blood Moon. Two and a red enchantment, non-basic lands or mountains. I've beaten that before with Infect. It's fine. I know you have. Uh, <laughs> another reason why we have the three basic islands as opposed to the one basic mountain, so that we can get, so we can fetch up our blue mana a lot easier, and not have to worry about Blood Moons out of the sideboard. Yeah. Do you do you worry about opponents bringing that in against you, or is that no. just you bringing it in? No. no, no. I don't worry about Blood Moon against me because I can usually play around it in some cases. It's because again, most of the things that you're cutting off are my cantrips, and then once I get a once I get a bunch of red mana and metamorphose into my blue mana, I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another card that is a sideboard card that you'd be surprised to hear is Lightning Bolt. Uh, Lightning Bolt is is sometimes a main deck card in Storm. I like siding it in so that it's it doesn't clog up your main deck, and you can bring it in against decks that you really need the one red deal three for. For example, Burn against their Goblin Guides or Zoo or anything like that. So what would you take out for that? I'm just curious. For Bolts? Um, yeah. Usually when I sideboard, I take out a Grape Shot or both, depending on what I'm what I'm expecting. I take out like one or two of my Enablers, and I like to go down to two Pass and Flames. Yeah, I was just curious because, you know, like the, the main deck is saying like, I have a four of these, I have a four of these, and you need your cantrips, you need your rituals, just those cheap spells to build that storm count. So it's like, what do you even bring out? Yeah, you, you have a lot of enablers, so you try to take out a few of those. I also found myself citing out a bunch of sleight of hands because they seem like the worst cantrips in the deck, and they kind of are. Yeah. Um, and I take those out for some of the sideboard cards. I know one of my early builds of Infect had sleight of hand, and that was one of the cards I was like, oh, that card's got yeah. here. Uh, recently... Uh, Storm decks have been playing Dismember in the sideboard, uh, which uh, we all know is uh, one and then two black Phyrexian mana, uh, instant, and you, it gives a creature minus five, minus five until end of turn. And in Storm, it's just one mana, kill a creature, pay four life, because our life total doesn't matter. You're, you're welcome for me not making that whole witch member witch joke. Member? Yeah, I was <laughs> going to do it. Uh, anyways, um, those are kind of the most popular sideboard cards. 
Um, there are other cards that have been played in Storm Sideboards, depending on metagames. For example, in the pod days, I played Torpor Orbs in my deck, or my sideboard. In the twin days, I've been playing like a Combust, or now recently a Rending Volley. Oh god, such a good card still. Such a good card still. Um, and those are some of the cards that you would see. Now, I have a very unorthodox version of Storm in some respects, because I also have a slight change in my mana base and a different sideboard card. For example, I don't run Echoing Truths, because I think it's kind of subpar. It doesn't get rid of it permanently, it just gets rid of it, gets rid of it temporarily. Um, the card that I play in my sideboard instead is Wear Tear, which is either one in a red to destroy target artifact, or a single white mana to destroy target enchantment with Fuse. And I do that by playing one Hallowed Fountain in my main deck, which I can fetch up with any of my blue fetch lands. Interesting. I was wondering where that the white mana was coming from. Like, does he have to get like a mana morphos down for this, or what's the deal? It can. Uh, I li- I just like Wear Tear better because it's a single mana as opposed to two mana for Echoing Truth, and it just gets rid of it altogether. And that and I don't have to worry about it coming back because most of the hate cards against you are enchantments. For example, we already mentioned a few. Rest in peace. Um, uh, rest in peace. Leyline of Sanctity. Leyline of the Void. Also, Eidolon of Rhetoric and Rule of Law, where you can only cast one spell each turn. Yeah, that's not good against a deck trying to cast 20 spells in a turn to kill you. Oh, God, I didn't even think of those. Yeah. That's disgusting. They're not played very often anymore, um, but if your opponents are expecting Storm, they're going to bring those cards in and put them also, on their sideboard. How, how bad does it feel to play against Hate Bears? <laughs> it feels pretty bad. That That's what I bring in my Lightning Bolts, to just Bolt Thalia. But and Vern Wingmare, probably. And the Wingmare, yeah, definitely. Um, haven't played against that matchup a lot, though, but I'm sure that there's other things that I could do there. Um, but those are kind of the main sideboard cards with Storm. Um, there's a few others here and there that you could bring in that you could say, ooh, that's spicy, and bring it in to help with certain matchups. Uh, but there's some matchups that you're just going to have a very, very tough time with. Yeah, like what, what, uh, what are some of those matchups, though? Uh, so, again, any of the decks that run white for, like, the Leyline of Sanctity, the Rest in Peace... Um, those are pretty poor matchups after sideboarding. Like, pre-board, you have a very solid matchup against a lot of decks. Um, you can race Infect. You can you can sometimes race Affinity. Hate Bears is a little rough. Um, I'm pretty sure that you're pretty your favorite against any Ancestral Vision deck, I want to just say, because if they take their turn one off to suspend Ancestral Visions, you're pretty happy. Um, you can Again, you can race most of the fast combo decks because you're can, not interacting with them at all. You're just I trying can, to do your thing faster than them. Yeah, I can imagine something like, uh, what's it called? The, uh, the company. Malaria Company. Yeah, the company decks might be a pain in the butt to deal with. Yeah, company's rough. Uh, any of the black-green X decks like Abzan or Jund are also rough because hand attack is very good against Storm because it's very uh, hand-dependent. Now, I can do stuff for my graveyard with Pass and Flames and Ascension and whatnot, but it still hurts to see Swamp Thoughtseize and then them just butchering your hand. Yeah, because I mean, because you're you're looking for a critical mass of, like, we're in fact it was like critical mass of creatures and spells. You're just looking for I just need spells and cantrips. Yeah. So if they're like, and I'm gonna take this card out of here. Yeah. If you don't get if you don't get a chance to cast it, it's not like other decks where it's like, yeah. eh, whatever. Plus, all of our best enablers in Ascension and Electromancer die to abrupt decay, and there's a bunch of other removal spells that that, that can hit them, and you're just kind of really really sad in those cases. And as your deck, you're you're not packing any kind of uh, counter spells at all, right? No, 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 no. Why would I do that? No, <laughs> well, no, exactly. No, exactly. Like I mean, people who didn't know out there, like the deck, like you just don't run counter spells in your deck because yeah. obviously it slows you down. Yeah, 
you don't want to be going off and saying, "I need to peel the ritual here," and you peel a dispel, and you're just gonna, and you're just sad. <laughs> it's not very fun. Um, so why do you want to play Storm? It can win on turn three, and there are times I've done it once where you can win on turn two. They're very, very, very rare. But this deck can win on turn three. It's fairly simple to win on turn four, and it. You can learn a lot about the deck just by gold fishing. Like I never, I did not play this in a tournament until I gold fished it like 50 times. Because again, you don't care what your opponent's doing. You can just sit there and go, okay, I'm going to draw seven cards. Okay, would I mulligan this hand? Yes or no? Probably. I'm going to mulligan this, and then look through and just go through the motions. You know, figure out what your storm count is. Figure out um, how much mana you've got, and you can really learn a lot just by doing that. Yeah, I know. For me personally, like I'll, I'll I know in fact. In other decks like that, you don't. It's not as easy to goldfish. I'll usually goldfish stuff like when I was practicing standard decks. I'll just practice the land sequencing. Like, okay, how what my land sequencing is. That's usually all I can effectively goldfish because playing creatures out and be like, I'm just gonna play this creature out. I'm gonna play this creature out. I'm gonna play this creature out. It's like not taking into account the fact you know, you're 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 there's invisible opponent who would attack you or yeah. kill your creatures. While you you're just like churning through your deck looking to get that uh, critical mass. Absolutely. Of, of how much can I do this? And it's easier for you to do. Obviously, way easier to do. Yeah, plus, again, you're not interacting with your opponent at all. So you can, again, just learn a lot by goldfishing. And then if your opponent tries to do anything with you, you can just kind of just almost ignore it in some cases. Um, I, was, I had another thought, but I but I just lost it. Um, but yeah, the reasons not to play Storm is that, oh, I just remembered. Uh, all of your opponent's removal spells, their Path to Exiles, their Lightning Bolts, their like Slaughter Packs, they're largely irrelevant like, if you're playing against the removal.deck, you have a pretty good matchup against them because you only have four targets. Yeah, I can imagine that. And, and you're like, if you lose it, it's like, oh, well, whatever. It's like, no oh, deal. no, good thing all my rituals are instant. Yay. <laughs> um, you do have to win on your turn, so don't try to use all your spells in your opponent's turn. You can if you're trying to conceal some information, but it's not going to do you a lot of good uh, because, again, Grape Shot's a sorcery, and Empty the Warrens is also a sorcery, so you kind of got to watch out there. Yeah, your, your, your Storm Payload cards are basically your turn only. Yeah. So, kind of, at, since we have a little bit of time, because much like, uh, actually, yeah, we have a little bit of time left. Um, I ha- I went ahead and I have my deck in front of me, and uh, I just drew an opening hand. All right. And uh, I want to see if Ian has learned anything from this experiment and to tell me whether or not this is a keep or not. Ooh, keep or mole. I like this. I know Let's what, do it. Because I know what this is, but I want to see what Ian knows. All right. So, you have Basic Island. Okay. Oh, wait, okay, hold on. Can you, can you front load the lands? Oh, pl- Basic Island, Polluted Delta. Okay. Those are your lands. So you've got access to all your colors. Yeah, access to all my colors. All right, uh, cool. Contaxian Probe. Okay. Electromancer. Okay. Pyromancer Ascension. Okay. Pyretic Ritual, Pyretic Ritual. All right, so I'm looking at two lands, Ascension to help me go off, two Rituals, and the Electromancer. All right? So I got the right... Oh, and a... Uh, Contaxian probe is a cantrip. Yep. All right. We never really discussed actually like what kind of how you want to keep remote with this, but my gut feeling is you possibly keep this hand. You have two mana, so you're going to be able to get to all of your spells. You can get them electromancer. Like I don't know if you would run run ascension down first or electromancer. My thought would be electromancer, namely because then. You would just run a ritual into an ascension, into another ritual, depending on what you draw. I don't know. It's kind of rough. Well, uh, 
That is the line of play that I would do with this hand. You're absolutely correct. Oh, so I found the line. Sweet. Yeah. I would keep this hand. So she would go, she would go like Electromancer, Ritual, Ascension, Ritual. Uh, So turn two, Electromancer, turn three, Ritual, Ascension, Ritual. Yeah. And then hope you. This is borderline. This is a borderline keep. Because I was say, hope you draw another Gitaxian probe. Because you so want that- you want another probe. You also just need a little bit more cantrips. Like the double enabler hands are great, um, but I would almost prefer one of these rituals to be another cantrip. Yeah, I was like, that's that's the thing that I was looking at. Is like you're really relying with this hand after you've cast your Gitaxian probe on yeah. the top of your deck. There's yeah. no way to, you you have no. The, all right, thought exercise. Okay. Replace the Gitaxian probe with Serum Visions. Uh, it's a little bit of an easier keep then. Yeah, because you've got Cause that. Visions turn. lets you see three cards, whereas Get Probe only lets you see one. Um, so, so, would, so in that situation, if you if you had Serum Visions instead of Ataxian Probe, you would just go Delta Crack Delta Vents, take two, cast Visions, Scry or draw then Scry. Exactly. Uh, okay. the, the reason that Ian went with that line is mainly because with a Fetch Land, you're gonna screw up whatever your Scry is. So you want to do that before you play the Fetch Land. Yeah, or after and, you play the fetch land. Yeah, that's like because <laughs> I had to learn that myself playing yeah. Grixis. So it is yeah. one of the uh, one of the finer points in modern. Yeah, don't don't mess up your. We we actually had that though recently in standard too. Yeah. So like all scrying with the fetch lands, which yeah. was funny. It's like when they went to Vancouver Mulligan. It's like, well, I have these fetch lands in hand, but I just scryed. Whoop the freaking do! Mm. I just pulled another uh, seven. Okay, let me go, go go for another one. All right, uh, mountain. Okay. Delta. Okay. Double reef. Okay, that's four lands already. Getaxian probe, pyretic ritual, past in flames. Mulligan, yes. easy mulligan. You have four lands. Yeah, it's a very easy mulligan. Three lands is where you want to be borderline with this deck. You don't, you don't really want you don't, to. Yeah, and if, as far as my whatever I've ever seen people play storm, you don't want to see past in flames in your opening hand. You really don't. It's kind of a dead card there. It's really f- easy for your opponent to like. Thought sees it out of your hand, and then if they're running Surgical Extraction, you're kind of hosed. Um, Extrapate's also a hilarious card. Extrapate is also a hilarious card as well, yes. Um, let's see, we'll do... No, that, yeah, but no, that's, that's just, that just felt like a, a snap mulligan to me, just because as yeah. soon as you said... Because like, I remember earlier when you were talking about your land base, like, one is okay, two is great, three is less okay, four, you just probably want to ship the hand, regardless of how good it is, because you're already looking at too many lands. And you start drawing any more lands, you're just already looking at having dead cards all right i have another hand i think this one's pretty easy as well but all right we'll see ascension okay grape shot okay desperate ravings times two okay desperate ritual yeah sleight of hand yeah serum visions yeah <laughs> i didn't i didn't see a land there at all there's not a uh, land in here. there's not a land, a land in this hand at all uh i'll tell you that you're i'll tell you you're on the draw i'm on the draw that's still mulligan yeah it is a very close mulligan um, for example, if that sleight of hand was a Gitaxian probe, I would probably keep that hand. So you could try to tr- turn it into a turn it into land, a land, because it would give you two draw steps. I've, I frankly would still probably mull it if you're on the draw, just because no lander. I'm okay with seeing a six and then seeing what that scry is. I mean, because yeah. I think of I think of all the decks when you, with the new Van with the I can't recall it new the new anymore. But the Vancou- with the Vancouver Mulligan rule, which is when you obviously you go to six. You get to if you decide to keep or you go any lower than six, five, four, whatever. You get to look at you get that free scry at the turn. Combo decks historically are the decks that primarily benefit from that free scry. Infect loves it. 
because we're essentially this is a whereas infect is a creature based uh combo deck like we're trying to combo off killing you hitting with the creature you with your storm deck are trying to combo off with just spells so knowing getting like that's why the like you were saying it's cards like preordain which or ponder where you get to look at those three cards or two cards and then draw a card or even in serum vision where you draw a card then look at two and you can set up your draw steps like that just helps you chain because if you say you hit say you have two lands in hand or whatever like that you cast serum visions and then you get like a manomorphos and then a pyretic ritual you can just go cool let me stack this so it's pyretic ritual then manomorphos so i can draw the manomorphos pay the manomorphos get the pyretic ritual pay for the pyretic ritual with the two free mana off manomorphos oh and i drew another card so your sequencing there seems really important based off of that scry. So I think going at six would actually – I personally, that's like a very risky keep seven even if you had that yeah. freak attacking probe. Personally, uh, that's what I would so I, so I went ahead and I mulliganed because I felt like it would be fun. Okay. Uh, Steam well, Vents, Scalding Tarn are your okay. lands. Then Sweet. you have Ascension, Desperate Ritual, Manamorphose, Cataxian Probe. All right. So you have what? So you have – Two lands, one two fetch lands. land, one shock, uh, Probe, Manamorphose, Ritual, Ascension. Seems like a keep to me. It is a keep. All right, and Scry. Now, What's your Scry? Scry is a Scalding Tarn. Bottom. Bottom it? I would I would say bottom. Okay. Well, your first draw is an island, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, well, but that's good, though, because, I mean, I would just play... So, so you had the Tarn and the what? This Vents? Steam Vents, yeah. Okay. Um, and you draw an island? Yeah. We have what? Ritual? Yeah, Ritual, yeah, ritual Probe, uh, Ascension... And I went ahead and shuffled the deck, so I don't know what the other cards were. <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. Yeah, I would have probably... Oh, Manamorphos. Played. It was Manamorphos yeah. Ritual. Yeah. So, yeah, oh, yeah. So, so you, you play your Scalding Tarn, pass the turn, crack the Tarn, grab events, tap, untap, play your island. Depends what you draw. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, it is also very common play to do the whole pay two life to get taxing probe your opponent on turn one because you do want to event... You, you don't want to necessarily save all your cantrips for the turn you go off. Um... Probe is a little bit is a weird one because it is free essentially, but other than that, it's pretty pretty straightforward. Yeah, the the, the really painful turns are when you go probe, fetch land, crack a fetch, grab a shock, hit yourself for five. I've done that, and I've won games with that, but it's oh, not no, fun I've, to do I've, that. I've done it too with Infect. It's painful <laughs> as hell, but yeah, I would not recommend doing that against Burn. Just FYI. Ooh, heck no! Especially <laughs> after Cyborg, you're like, yeah, you don't yeah. do that. So that pretty much exhausts what I wanted. What I want to say about Storm, a uh, big thing just to know is that it's not a tier one deck, and it's never gonna be a tier one deck, because it's a, if it's ever a tier one deck, then it's something's gonna get banned from it. Yeah. So why why would that be though? Uh, because Storm is not a fun deck to play against. <laughs> it no. is very fun playing Storm. It is very not fun watching your opponent do a bunch of stuff on their turn, and they take five minutes to kill you. Correct, yeah, and that's something Wizards has always done, I think, a good job of in most formats is yeah. they their number one intent is to keep the Storm deck at a, yes, it can win games, but no, it will not win every single game. Yeah, when Storm I, is the best deck in the room, nobody has fun. It's just except sad the truth is. But even then, the Storm Mirror would be hilarious. It's like, okay, who can Storm off first? You want to know Go. what card breaks the Storm Mirror? What? Trick Bind. All right, what's that one? It's one in the blue for a counter spell. Uh... It it also stops all triggered abilities of the per, of the spell. Nice. I'm just gonna look it up real quick. So I have the text. One yeah. in a blue instant split second counter target activated or triggered ability. <laughs> it's like and because no storm, storm is a triggered ability. 
So you counter the storm trigger, and they just did all that stuff to deal one damage to your face. So it's like stifle for spell abilities and stuff. Well, it's it, it's basically stifle. Also, if a permanent ability was activated this way, that permanent can't activate the ability any more times. Huh. For the rest of the turn. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's very powerful. It's it's a funny little card that breaks the storm mirror. But um, nobody ever packs it because no one expects no. the mirror. <laughs> no, no one expects the storm mirror. Uh, anyways, that is probably just going to do it for us. Again, pretty soon uh, after I finish signing off here and get this ready for uploading, uh, you should be getting my uh, my personal set review of Eternal Masters going up into your podcast feeds. Uh, listen to whatever episode you want to listen to at the time. Again, they're all about 20 to 30 minutes long. Um, some, some nice little solo shots for you. Yeah, some nice little solo, solo shots. Um, so, Ian, where can people find you on social media? So, you guys can find me on Twitter at uh, Dixon IJ. That's D I X O N I J. Uh, you guys can also find me streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dix. That's D I X. Uh, like I said, I'll be streaming a bunch on Friday uh, of this or this coming Friday. So that is the 10th. Uh, hopefully, you guys have heard this by then. Uh, like I said, I'll be streaming a bunch of magic. I'll, I just want to stream a bunch that day because I have an off day and I'm like, you know what? It's a free day, free day to stream. Plus, I know I have a bunch of people who enjoy listening and watching from Europe and stuff like that. So usually during the weeks and stuff like that, I stream like while they're asleep. So it would be nice to get some of that contingent in on a stream. Like I guess I'll be streaming some modern. I'll do some Legacy Gauntlet oh, yes. uh, maybe once or twice because I'm actually looking at building Legacy Infect. So hopefully I get that deck. If not, whatever. I, I hope my top two grabs from that are like Legacy Infect or Legacy Storm. So... Oh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> yep, yep. So uh, anyway, can, yeah. how about you? You can find me on Twitter at jwiley129. Uh, I'm also on Twitch by the same handle. I haven't gotten into streaming quite yet, but I'm sure that'll be something that I'll try and get to somewhere down the line. Uh, you can also reach the podcast directly on Twitter at Eyes and the Mize. And if you have a more personal question, you can email us at eyesandthemize at gmail.com. Don't Again, please leave please, us a review. Yeah, please leave us a review. We haven't gotten any new reviews last I checked. If you send us a review, we'll throw you a shout out at the beginning, at the top of the show, because everybody loves it when they get a shout out. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't love shout outs? Who doesn't love shout outs? And again, thanks so much for y'all listening, and we'll talk to you next time.